0: A more inclusive conversation because I, I honestly feel that the issue that we're facing now isn't really a scientific issue at all it, it really is a c- cultural issue and a social issue so that's why I spend a lot of time trying to I guess tell stories and and help people realize that they're part of this really profound moment in our history.
1: Yeah I, I really love storytelling and I think that's such a it's a ancient way of communicating like if we think to indigenous folk and the way that their culture has stayed alive and their knowledge systems it is through that storytelling and it is through connection to the land and to spirit and to one another and Mm. I really caught that in your book that deep connection to the earth and I have to say it left me crying at moments and I've had a few moments in my bedroom at night where I'm deeply pondering my place in in this world but it's just really it's really nice to have this beautiful resource which i think your book is at this point so that people can connect in with what is happening to the planet and and feel some hope in that moment of climate grief and touching yeah. on that i I've, i wanted to ask you how you traverse you know in everyday when you're having moments of facing your your climate grief and what are a few things that you might do to to instill that hope again.
0: Yeah, great question. I, I think for me, um, really, I, I I chose to write the book to write the book that I wrote because I wanted to share my own processing of my own emotions to the the information that I'd been exposed to. I guess working at the IPCC level and. And as I was writing this book, we had gone through, you know, the black summer, the bleaching of the the Great Barrier Reef and then really catastrophic flooding of the East Coast, which displaced my family in northern New South Wales. So it was this moment where I realised there wasn't much of a distinction between my professional and personal life. And so I really felt like writing a book like this as a scientist also gives people permission to feel what they feel and to realise that grief and anxiety and depression are actually a really rational response to a pretty distressing reality that we're living through right now. And I've had lots of people feed that back to me, including my colleagues or other scientists, have written to me or spoken to me and said, thank you for writing the book that you've written because it's creating some language around this conversation that we need to have, which is that we are living through really troubled times and it's a really difficult moment that we are facing but I guess it's it's thinking about, firstly, having that conversation to realise that you're not alone. And I think, as a scientist, I'm hoping that I sort of take the reader by the hand and, and sort of take them through my own journey with understanding, I guess, the the seriousness of the issues that we're facing right now, but also realising that, as a collective, there is so much that we can do. And so, for me, I had this incredible opportunity to start, you know, researching all of these social movements of the past like civil rights movement in the united states or things like gender equality and realizing that all of human history is actually this tug of war for social justice and Mm. it's never really a done deal and i think that's really important for people to hear right now because sometimes you think you know is is uh you know are we going to arrive at this place where every all our issues are solved and you know there are rainbows and lollipops and it's all happily ever after. Well, the truth is, is that we're not, but we're going to inch our way forward to a better world. And I think this is a moment where we are learning to live sustainably on this planet. And the good news is that this is happening all over the world. And I think we need to tell better stories. So coming back to what we were talking about before, it's sometimes when we talk about climate change, we can get really focused on the doom and gloom. And trust me, there's a lot of it. There is a lot of really hard material to face, to but beyond that, what kind of world do we want to create? And I think that is the conversation that a lot of people want to have right now. So so how I keep going, I guess, in this sort of troubled time is is also realising that I'm a part of a social movement. That is, you know, we will look back at the 2020s as this turning point in human civilization, or whether we sort of rose to the challenge or not. And so, For me, being on the right side of history, because we know that we're on the right side of history, wanting to stabilise the Earth's planetary system is the right thing to do right now. I don't think we Mm -hmm. have to have an ethical conversation about whether that is indeed the case. And so if you stop and you think about that, you know, you've got to look back at this moment and tell your kids or your grandkids about where you were during the 2020s, I think that's really... That kind of electrifies the moment for me and it makes me realise that I'm part of something bigger. But when I'm not feeling particularly inspired, which it could happen on a Tuesday morning when I'm feeling really tired and whatever, um, look, you've got to take breaks. You've got to step back. And for me, it's also getting into nature, also feeling like I'm a part of this life force that sustains our world. And when you feel connected to that, it really charges you up. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, Indigenous people have always known, I guess, being so closely connected to the land. But many of us know, even if we go on our camping trips or... Even if we go sit in our park uh, close to where we live or things like that, you will connect to something that does restore you. And I think that's really important. And I guess the the final part of that is also people. Connecting with your tribe, you know, people that understand how you're feeling, people that share your values and realising that you're not alone with this and even though it can feel like that sometimes. And that's why I guess I, I wanted to write a book that really shone a light not only here in Australia it's a very global book so it also talks about what's happening elsewhere in the world and then sort of weaving this big global network uh which I feel is really exciting and and so um I think it's about telling these better stories which is more regenerative rather than this degenerative you know the world is going to come apart and there's there's really no hope because the, the science doesn't bear that out I mean just I know I'm talking a lot, but maybe that's, that's what the point of this. But um, I guess I just wanted to say is that one of the key messages from the IPCC is how bad we let things get is still very much in our hands. And sometimes that gets really lost out there. Um, it's not game over. It's not game over. We have to fight for what type of warming we're going to experience. And we know that the higher levels of global warming uh, are really destructive and disruptive. Um, And so we just, we need to think about our collective values right now and what that means and what it means to be human at this moment.